0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Frogcast. We have a lot to talk about today. We are going to dig into the transfer of four-star quarterback Sean Robinson leaving the program broken by our own Jeremy Clark here from TCU 24-7. Dig into that. Some great information on recruiting. we got some commitments this weekend. That and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. As always, we want to thank our sponsor, Teen Life, who has gone out of their way to support the broadcast through this season. TeenLife.NGO is a great way for you to connect with uh, Fort Worth school districts as well as districts across DFW that are offering resources to help bring life skills to students here in our area so that they can make wise decisions and flourish in life. If you'd like to make a a tax-deductible donation, go to TeenLife.NGO, as well as an opportunity for you to sign up to volunteer and make an impact right here in the this community when we think about what's going on at christmas and we're called to this time of generosity i can't think of a better way for you to give your time and your money and thank you for supporting teenlife.ngo thanks for all your support so far through the year i want to especially name big frog fan jeff mccain who's on the board at teen life jeremy clark we have a story to talk about tonight sean robinson you broke the story that he is leaving the program transferring out that uh, leaves a little weaker bench for uh, you know we got injured Sean Rock- I mean we got injured Michael Collins we've got uh, recovering yes. Justin Rogers as well as Max Duggan that's coming in from Western Iowa uh, I think he's an early enrollee. Tell us a little bit about what happened to bring this about and when you got word of it. We're going to have a lot of people with a lot of questions. We'd love for you to tell us a little bit about this story.
1: Well, I don't know to I don't want to dive too much into it. So just. Bear with me on the the limited amount of details I can I can really give out at this time, and hopefully, once everything settles and Sean is at a new school, I'll I'll dive in a little bit more. But um, it was earlier this week that he he went to uh, T- TCU and uh, Coach Cumbie and and wanted to uh, make his decision to transfer. Uh, I don't want to get into the reasons for the transfer just yet. But let's just say, I mean, obviously he, he wasn't happy with with something. Uh, maybe the direction uh, that he was getting coached, I I, I don't know. Uh, just pure speculation. But uh, I can not say that TCU didn't want him to go and, and, and they tried to talk him out of it. But uh, by that time, Sean had already had his mind made up. So by the time I got the news, it was – uh, around early Friday morning. And uh, despite some popular belief, I, I didn't take the, the thread down because people were asking me to uh, take it down from TCU. I'm, I'm definitely not a puppet, but I do know uh, based on some of my judgments that I, I can report certain things at a certain timely manner or, or hold off on some things. And that seems to work well for me for 14 years. So I'll keep doing it that way, but the the big thing is is it's it's a it's a quarterback uh, was one of the highest rated players ever to sign with Coach Patterson. Uh, it's it's going to look like a big blow, but as I mentioned on the board, I think it's really good. Uh, it's going to be really good for both parties in the long run that that he looks elsewhere and and decides to and finishes his career elsewhere. I spoke with multiple, multiple people regarding this. And I'm not gonna come come on here and, and, and talk bad about Sean or blast Sean, but it was overwhelmingly the the same opinion of all these people I spoke with. And it's not just it you would think and some of these people don't have any ties to TCU whatsoever, but they just they just know certain things, whether it's family involved or uh, just how hard they work or you know train whatever uh, there is there's a reason why I'm saying it's good on on both sides but kind of a kind of a shock to the system TC fans are gonna uh, look at it as a as a player leaving the program I've seen some pretty ridiculous comments that Gary Patterson should be fired because of this <laughs> uh, some some other just astoundingly, I don't have a better word than just idiotic or dumb uh, posts about it because people think the programs um, in shambles or going down in flames. It's it's not okay. This it like I said before. This this sometimes needs to happen, and, and and in this situation, I'm I'm leaning toward that that it needed to happen because it's just it's just something that seems like it's been. Several weeks in the works to me, in my in my personal opinion, that I I personally believe that this decision was probably made somewhere in the vicinity of the Oklahoma game, and that's my personal opinion. So oh. you could ask me anything. I you, you're gonna have to tell me when to stop. Just ask. Just ask right, me, cut right. me off
0: here. <laughs> I'll cut you off right there because I got a couple follow ups with you. Uh, one, I think you're probably right. I, I think. I think the moment this happened and this is not this is an observation not information. Remember what happened when Michael Collins went walked onto the field against Oklahoma? Yeah. What happened in the stands? Everybody erupted. I mean, it was obvious that people were ready for this change. And I know that let's be honest, fans are stupid. We don't we we don't know what's going on. We don't know what it takes to run an offense. We don't know what it takes to, you know, put up points against a top team, but there was that moment that Hey, I think there's something bigger going on here, and that's one of the things Daniel's going to talk about in a second. But it just it felt like there was something bigger going on there, and I think you're right. When that Oklahoma game happened, there was a uh, something shifted, and I I think there had been a big buildup coming up to that. It was two things you highlighted. It, it wasn't ahead.
1: even really the fans. I mean, the fans obviously cheered, but you know who was showing more excitement when that
0: happened, the offense,
1: the, the <laughs> offense, the sideline was rejuvenated. The players even talked about it after the game that it, it, it did give a spark to the offense. And again, I'm not, it, it's going to seem like we're on here just blasting Sean away. And that's, that's truly not the intent here. We're talking about um, a player that's left the program. So we're going to give our analysis as, as to why, and and I'm going to mention some things in there that, are going to be tough to hear, that some people are just going to shake their heads at. And listen, guys, I was one of the biggest Sean defenders on the site, if not the biggest. I even wrote a damn story about how he was the quarterback of the future after his game against Ohio State. So for me to even hear some of the things I've heard the last few days, it was a tough pill for me to swallow. So just understand that it's not – a personal vendetta from, from me or from anyone else that are saying these things. Cause again, I don't just talk to one person and say, what do you think, Sean? Oh, really? That's what I'm going to go with. And that that would be stupid, obnoxious. Uh, it'd just be unprofessional for me, for me to do that. I'm never going to out who I talk to, but I, I can give tidbits of, of, of what I've said or what, what I've heard. And that it, it's yeah. no different from when, we talk recruiting or anything like that, you're going to listen to multiple opinions on on certain situations. And and uh, just like when I was posting that we were going to Phoenix for the bowl game, TCU was headed to Phoenix. I took it from enough people, talking to enough people that, hey, I better listen. I better, I better start saying something about Phoenix because I've heard it from enough people now. And, and that's kind of what I heard in regards to Sean, that I've heard enough over people that don't even know that I'm talking to one another. Uh, and, and just hearing the same thing coming from different mouths is just, it, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's best for both parties to, to move on.
0: Daniel, when we were talking before the show, you said you could, you could feel that there was something different about, uh, the team in, in terms of their relationship with Sean, what you saw on the board, you, you and I come from a different perspective than, than Jeremy does. We're kind of message board nuts and he's a, he's an actual reporter, but what, what are your thoughts on what you saw that, that maybe maybe led to this this situation?
2: Well, it it was just like Jeremy said, the you know, the, the fans were happy because well, the second string quarterback's always the uh, most popular guy on the team. And you know, we, we were frustrated, we didn't understand why Michael Collins hadn't come in. And and they finally they they finally pulled the trigger at a, a, during the Oklahoma game. The fans went nuts. But Jer- as Jeremy said, the team completely changed, and that led me to think, okay, there's something going on behind the scenes. There's there's a tension in the locker room. There's a lack of leadership. There's um maybe if Sean is you know the leader of the team or he's supposed to be. There is a sort of a mutiny kind of thing, at least the attitude as far as not wanting to follow that leadership, um, those kinds of things. And that's that it was those reactions and the way the team played and the way they just came roaring back with uh, all of a sudden we've got this offense and that sparked the defense to, uh, stuff Oklahoma a little bit. And it's just like, okay, you know, it, it was obvious that that provided a much needed spark and it was just very telling of uh, or that something was going on behind the scenes that we were completely unaware of and um, and that happens in these kinds of things. It's just we didn't know about it, and if if you know if it's best for both both parties to move on, then there was something probably something you know going on that I suspected back then um, and sometimes it's uh you know it's just not meant to be, and it just doesn't work out.
0: No, sometimes things just don't click and there, there's no one to blame. And, and, you know, sometimes we want to assign blame, like, you know, we're in the right and you're in the wrong and it's just, you know, hundred percent your fault and some, you know, zero percent, somebody else's fault, you know, and we may never know the whole story on this, or at least never something we can talk about on a podcast, but this just didn't work. And I think it's better to figure it out now than after spring ball and, and have to be scrambling to, to, to deal with a situation for, you know, adding some depth Jeremy two things I wanted to throw at you I saw this in the story that you posted when you broke this two things stood out to me number one how many schools was Sean Robinson at in the last six years
1: well the next school he'll be at is five and I will say this you know there's he does come he does come from a coaching family so obviously when when he's in high school there is he he is going to have an opportunity to go wherever his his family goes, where his parents go, and uh, his mom, I believe, was the basketball school. His first school was Chisholm Trail in Saginaw. I think she was the basketball coach, and then she got hired at Guyer, I believe, and then that's how he ended up at Guyer. And then, but I was told that he could have stayed at Guyer his senior year, but then went to Desoto. Um, mom, mom went to DeSoto and I'm not even, I, I i don't even know for a fact if they lived in DeSoto at the time, but, um, guess he could go there since his mom was the coach. But, uh, you know, that was obviously, a, another follow for, uh, you know, for him. But the, the thing with some of those kids is like, even when their parents are coaches, they don't necessarily want to move. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not so easy to just get up and move and, he was on some very successful teams at Denton Geyer, and it's it's just crazy to know that um, he left that situation to go to DeSoto, which everyone knew that, okay, well, DeSoto has a great chance to win a lot of games now getting this kid because really when he went to DeSoto, he was the missing piece. I mean, they had great receivers, great running backs, good defense, good offensive linemen, and the only thing they really lacked was a consistent quarterback, and, and, and really he was the final piece, and that's why they won their – first ever state championship there. So uh, I will cut him some slack on that part.
0: You know, what's interesting is you want to tie everything together here. 2014. I I think it was 2014. I hate to Google when I'm podcasting that, uh, Denton Geyer Allen game is when he took on Kyler Murray, his senior year. And man, that was, that was a heck of a ball game. And so, you know, he had some talent at, uh, when he was up there at Denton there was some real, there were some strong teams that he was a part of, and then to be able to make that leap down to uh, to Desoto, I know that that was, uh, I know that that was a big game. I mean, I know that that was a big move. So the other thing that you had in the story, not only that that you know Sean has transferred a little bit, but uh, are the frogs going to be looking to pick somebody up off the grad transfer uh, market, oh, yeah, JUCO? For sure. Uh no, no, another kid no. tell us a little bit about what we know there.
1: No, I mean they'll they'll go for a grad a grad quarterback someone that has a year of eligibility remaining. I mean they they like they like who they got. It's not one of these situations where oh crap, we don't have anyone that can win ball games for us. It's just a lack of numbers and experience. You've got Mike Collins who started uh against Kansas and and West Virginia and Baylor and, and that's not a that's not a ton of experience. That's basically like what they had this, this year coming into So you're looking at a situation where experience wise, it looks a whole lot like it did at the beginning of this, this previous season. So you have in behind Mike, you have Justin who has no experience and you have Max coming in who obviously has no experience. So looking for a guy that has uh, at least some, some college experience that they can rely on a, a guy that's, an uh, older, more mature kid that has been through the ropes and, and, and knows how to win some ball games. So that's that's the kind of quarterback they're going to look at. I asked a specific yeah. specifically about JUCO players and I was told that they th- the coaches likely wouldn't recruit a JUCO kid just for the simple fact that it, he would be there for two years and they don't think it's fair for the other guys that are there right now that have put in the work to uh, recruit someone like that. They, they need someone that can provide uh some experience to the roster but but someone that could also come in and 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 you know give some competition to the battle and and uh you know obviously help win some ball games.
0: Well, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you because it's a thousand people on Twitter and on our message board asking, uh do you know that there's an Alabama quarterback that will be on the grad transfer market um, in the very is near that, future, are you aware is of that? that for
1: sure? Is he leaving? Has he came out and said that he's if leaving?
0: He has not come out and said I'm that he's leaving. I'm not answering no, more questions. I, okay. Sorry, Coach <laughs> P. Um, no. Don't ask. <laughs> I, I'm getting cut off like Drew Davis. Number said, one. In a press number one.
1: <laughs> I hate Twitter. So there's your answer. You do.
0: I love it, man. That's where I get all my truth in this world. If it's on Twitter, it's true, and uh, no. if if the account has like eighteen <laughs> followers, then you know it's true. To to be on, to you be know? honest,
1: if 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 that situation did become available, I think they would look at it. If the situation at Arizona with Khalil Tate, if he decided he wanted to be a grad transfer, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they're gonna look at. They're going to look at anyone that wants to talk to them if they're a grad transfer. If, if they feel like they're they're the type of quarterback that fits their system, and and obviously uh, a guy like Jalen Hurts is, he's a, he's a dual threat kid, and and Khalil Tate's the same way. Uh, it, obviously, they would they would look at those options if if they uh, came their way. So I, I don't want to sit here and say uh, and, and be naive and say no, they're not going to look at those guys. But it, it, if those guys do officially come out and and say that they're, they're going to play their final season of college football somewhere else. And they, uh, you know, put it out there publicly that they're going to transfer. Then yeah, I would, I would put it at at a percent. You guys love percentages. I would put it at a hundred percent that TCU would at least listen to those guys.
0: Speaking of transfers, do you have any idea where Sean might end up?
1: No, uh, yeah i've I've talked to a ton of people about that and yeah I've gotten mixed reviews uh, <clears throat> some people have thought that maybe a place like Houston would be ideal in his situation because it's still relatively close to home uh, and, and it and it fits a, he plays a system that he kind of plays right now they require the quarterback to sling it around and to run the football a lot but I've also been told that uh, you know, from from a competition perspective that he would probably look at another P5 school and maybe try to find a situation like what he had at DeSoto where it, it, it's a program that their only missing piece is really a quarterback and And uh, going into that situation to where he can help them out. He is going to have to sit a year. He's not going to get any kind of waiver to, to play immediately. He's got a redshirt season, so he'll still have he still has three years to play too. And, you know, wherever he goes, I, I think it'll still be relatively close to home. He's extremely close with his family. I don't see him going to a place like an SMU or, or, you know, North Texas anywhere that that that's that close to home. But I would, I would be looking at some programs that are kind of close that, Feature that competitive level, maybe like an Arkansas, and this is just all speculation on my part. I mean, I have I have no yeah, yeah. no insider information on on where he would be looking at, but uh, just in, any place that, that is low on the quarterback depth chart and a P five P five school, I believe. And it'll be interesting. I don't think he's. I don't know what the stinking rules are now that it's it's changed so much, but I don't know if he's even able to transfer to another school within the conference. I don't,
0: no, I don't he's know. not. No. I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so. Yeah, I,
1: I was told that he, that he's, that he's not able to transfer to another school within conference, but I didn't verify and Maybe I'm just hearing things. I didn't go back and do the research on that, but uh, you know, that's, that's some of the schools I think I think, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that ends up halfway across the country to go play football. I would look at if look at some of the programs that recruited him out of high school uh, that were that were really heavily recruiting him and and find out where those coaches are, because that that can be interesting, too, if he has some of those contacts still and, and has some of those relationships still.
0: Well, I don't know how to awkwardly transition out of this, but I think I think we've learned a lot tonight. Just, you know, that the way that this has unfolded, it's probably best for both parties. Uh, it's probably been in the works for a month, you know, a couple of months when you think back to that Oklahoma game. So uh, as, as much as this was shocking news on a Sunday afternoon here in the middle of December, at the same time, those in the know uh, have known and it that it, it finally came about. So. Here we are. The frogs are moving forward without Sean Robinson. Um, you know, not to sound all cliched here, but we wish him the best. I know he's a good kid. I know he had a hard time. He's a great, he's great, great kid. Kid. Kn- great kid. I
1: know, great he- kid. I know And and you know what? I, I will say this. You know, TCU. Just being around this team for so long, Jeff. Just, I think uh, as far as the guys that Coach Patterson and 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 Sonny and and any offensive coordinators they've had. Of all the quarterbacks that they've had, I, I honestly think that they gave him the longest leash. I do. Uh, I, I think they allowed him to kind of make mistakes, but try to see if he would learn from them and, and, and go back and work hard to, uh, to fix them. And I, I I don't know if he – I don't know how hard he worked at doing that or fixing those mistakes, but I do know that TCU, they, they had high expectations for him, um, And obviously they, like I said, they had a long leash and, and man, Gary, let him go over there to big 12 media days and let this, this kid that was coming off a freshman season that had exactly one start under his belt. And, and that's kind of what Gary thought of him. I mean, you're, you're, you're letting this kid go over to represent your school at the biggest stage of the media. And if that doesn't tell you how highly they thought of him, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you.
0: Yeah, obviously Patterson thought highly of him. I we, we talked on this podcast about how significant it was that he was going to Big 12 media days with one start under his belt, that Patterson was out there trying to get him prepared for what we thought was going to be um, a, se- a, a season where he was going to you know, be right there in the spotlight and lead the Frogs to eight, nine wins. But um, it, it didn't transpire that way. I know he had every opportunity for this to thrive, and sometimes things just don't happen, and that's... That's nobody's fault, we're not you know out to to speak ill of student athletes, but it just didn't happen, and you hate it because, like you said, you know he's a good young man, you know he didn't uh he didn't have any of these incidents that are off the field, you know he's got a good head on his shoulder it's just probably time for him to go somewhere else to uh to start again, and we wish him the absolute best in that process. We really do and when it, when he announces where he ends up and how when that when that all happens i'm sure we'll have some comments on it on here, and I hope he gets a chance to play. I really do because this is obviously what he's worked his whole life to get to and it didn't work out here. So I hope he gets another chance to, to make the most of that opportunity somewhere else. Well, we're going to transition out of the Sean Robinson conversation and let's take a look at the, the drug of choice this time of year, which is recruiting. Jeremy, this is going to be one of those times where I tell you to start and I'm going to have to stop you because you're going to keep rolling here. There is so much to report. We had a big recruiting weekend, several guys on campus, the best that I can follow, there's a whole bunch of guys you can't even talk about yet, but uh, summarize who we had on campus that we know of. Give us an update on maybe if we've been able to pick up a commitment or not, and if you're able to acknowledge who those are. But I know our listeners would love to hear about where things are as recruiting heats up.
1: Uh, what do you want to know first?
0: Well, let's start with this. Tell me. Who who did we get any commitments this weekend? And then we'll, we'll kind of dial it back from yes. there. Tell us what what you can from there. There's that.
1: there's 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 three <clears throat> there's three commitments that happen on Sunday, and all of them are silent right now. Uh, one of them is going to be silent. I think all the way up until signing day. I mentioned that on the board that it it's one of those things where the kid just does not want it out there. I'm not even hinting on if he's offense defense anything uh and it's gonna be one of those deals where tcu releases their their signees on december 19th and he's gonna pop up on there i mean because he just doesn't i i don't think he wants to hear it from the fans or anything like that so it it it's a it's a good position uh i I think you guys will like it in fact i think you guys will be overjoyed uh when it comes out and like i said if it comes out before december 19th i'll be i'll be kind of surprised with it but uh, it, it, he is locked up uh, the other kid I've, uh, all I got to do is wait for him to tweet it it's stories written and I'm letting him have his time to shine and another kid uh, I've been told by multiple folks he's committed I just haven't been able to get the kid to confirm it but it, the, all all three of those all three of those positions are, are, are good gets uh, I like all three of those kids and and um, it, it, it definitely uh, fills a position of need for, for some of those guys. Uh, the other guys, uh, to give you a rundown, the, the guys that were on campus, you had Steven Parker, uh, four-star out of South Oak Cliff, Parker Workman, defensive end out of Snow College, uh, Michael Barkley, uh, receiver out of uh, Palomar College in California, uh, Sony Misi, the recent commit, uh nook bradford uh safety out of fork union was out of san antonio o'connor last year had an offer from tcu early on but they backed off because they kind of knew his academics weren't going to be in place he was uh one of their prime targets early on matter of fact he was at a junior day visit uh early last year and he's a kid that i that i really liked uh, coming out of o'connor but uh, those. How many did I list just then? Five, five, yes, five. And so, yeah, and I'm still not going to list the other guys. So if you tried to trick me, you're. It's not. No, I'm work.
0: not trying to trick uh, you. All right, let's <laughs> let's circle back here. Let's start with the first guy you mentioned, Stephen Parker, decommitted from Tech about a week and a half ago. One of the highest rated defensive ends in the state of Texas. The Frogs were able to go from, you know, him announcing his decommitment to getting him on campus, and in about a week. Uh, I, yeah. I know you say that he hasn't yeah. committed yet, and he's probably gonna. If he's smart, honestly, he'll probably see it through second signing day because he's gonna have options. How, what do yeah. What do you know about how this went? And, or more importantly, how did you? What did you hear leading up to this visit? Because I know they probably had to put some work in to catch up and just to get him on campus.
1: Well, I mean, they went over there. They sent Zarnell over there, Fitch on uh, Monday, uh, and I mean, they had a they had a good talk. With South Oak Cliff, and they did well enough to get him to visit. But it, I, I don't know where it's. Even though he decommitted from Texas Tech, I still think it's going to be pretty hard for them to 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 land Parker. Um, he's he's going to get some more looks. Oklahoma State's looking at him. I was told Texas went by South Oak Cliff. Uh, obviously, Texas Tech has circled back around. They're recruiting him. If I was if I was just to guess, I I, w- I would tell fans right now just to uh not get too excited about getting them. Yeah, he's decommitted. Yeah, it seems like an obvious slam dunk. But some of these kids they they look at other things and and uh and like I said on the last podcast, it, he was committed to Texas Tech cuz of Emmett Jones, but that's that's also his original hometown. He's from Lubbock. His uh mom and sister are the only ones that moved down here to Dallas a few years ago and and most of his friends and family are still up in Lubbock. So it's that's that's something that you gotta that you gotta look at, and plus they hired a guy that, uh, in Matt Wells, that is known as a defensive minded coach, and and so that could be a big selling point to him to get him back in the fold. But I I, I want to say that TCU did well enough impressing him this weekend, but I I wouldn't put I'm not about to put a crystal ball in for TCU uh, at the moment unless I hear something completely different uh, than, than just the visit was good. If I heard something about, Oh, it's, it's going to happen. And I talked to Steven and he said, Oh yeah, TCU's is my favorite. If I heard those things and yeah, I'd, I'd feel differently, but I haven't heard any of those things from him or from any of my sources. So right now I would kind of temper your expectations on him.
0: Good to know. I appreciate you not pumping the sunshine uh, never 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 well it looks like we got a lot of information and not a ton that we can talk about with that so i i understand how that unfolds yeah it's
1: i i think one of them may go down sunday night okay and by the time you guys hear this it it you could already be you, you could already know about it um I, I was told that he he planned to make everything official sunday night but with kids, sometimes I was told Colt Ellison was going to make a commitment one day, and then a month later he finally decided. So yeah. it's, you, you got you got to be patient with these things sometimes. But um, no, I mean it's it's about as much information as I could give. Parker Workman's going to uh, go visit Hawaii. I mentioned that, and and, and I don't blame him. Uh, no, no, get a <laughs> get out to Hawaii. Uh, just. It, it just depends on whether or not he likes Hawaii enough to where he could feel he feels like uh, two years will be long enough for, for him to live around there. but I do know that they did sell playing time a lot to the defensive ends this weekend and 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 workman told me straight up that that's something that they told him and he understands that there's immediate playing time at TCU and, and he's kind of like uh, Vic Veramontes and you know his his whole business decision line that he gave a few weeks ago, he, you know, Parker understands that he's only got two years of of college eligibility left. So he's really got to come in and into a situation where he gets to see the field pretty early. Now at TCU, obviously with numbers, it's, it's, it's a great chance for him to see the field at Hawaii. You're probably competing with kids a lot less talented than what he's going to compete with at TCU. So it's probably a wash in that regard, but uh it, I think TC did a, a pretty good job of uh, selling their program, and we'll just see how it works out.
0: I, I know they were smart enough to also sell, hey, the two guys that played defensive end here last year are going to be drafted and have been invited to the senior pool. Oh, yeah. I mean, like- and, and
1: that's, that's probably that, – pro- there, there's probably an edit. You know, these kids get to their they, – they get picked up from the airport and taken to their hotel room. And sometimes there's this gigantic cake on there and uh, other bag or whatever it is. And, and they, they always have these welcome signs. And there's there's probably, for these defensive ends, every time they come into town, there's probably a big old poster of LJ Collier and Ben Banigou, uh, first team all Big 12 posters on their beds laying across the, the top of it for these defensive ends to, to see as soon as they walk in. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's something they're obviously selling to these recruits when, when they come by, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But you know, just that's the that's the beauty of recruiting. You never know what you're truly going to get until everything gets on paper, mm-hmm. gets in the black and white.
0: Let's kind of shift gears here. You went out to the prac um the the post practice avail- availability with Coach Patterson this afternoon. A couple things I just wanted to highlight that you posted on the board. Ty Summers suited up. What's the likelihood that he's going to play in the bowl game?
1: Uh, Coach P said he might be able to play. He was wearing a green jersey today, which means no contact. Um, But I thought it was pretty neat for him to even be in pads because I I thought that was going to be a situation where he was probably going to ride off into the sunset knowing that he's got a chance to, to play in the NFL. But I even asked Coach P that question today. Are you surprised that with Ty being a guy that is probably going to be playing on Sundays next year, even though he's battling this injury that, that that you see him play in this bowl game. And he said it's another game for these kids to build their resume. And for some of these kids where they truly don't know whether they're going to make it or not, it, they need these games like this. So uh, it'd be pretty big for him. Uh, the other linebacker out there I saw was Montrell Wilson, which I didn't even personally <laughs> –
0: I, didn't I even always think ask he was about on the him. <laughs> yeah, I
1: always ask about him, and they're like, ah. people I talked to are like, ah, we, they don't know when they're gonna see him again, or he's, you know, I, I didn't even know he was on the team still. So when I saw him, I was like, saw him from far away, it's like, golly, who's that big? Oh, that's Montrell. <laughs> he's, I remember what he looks like now. That's
0: he hilarious. looks
1: like an NFL ready linebacker, by the way. Just a big and built he is, man. He's. He's one of those kids where if he if you have a chance to get him back and have him back for next year, oh, man, that would be huge for their linebacker core.
0: Yeah, it would be. It would be. Well, that's good to have him out there. One more guy that I did want to highlight that I thought his playing days were over, but is Joe Brodnick going to be playing in this game? Oh,
1: I don't know. It's and He hasn't practiced, but that's just something Coach P mentioned today. We're – in, in talking about the bowl game and, and, and players playing in it. And he just mentioned Joe by, by name and, and said how cool it would be, you know, that, it, that it's, it's his decision to play. They know he he's not going to be able to play uh, in the NFL. He's just not, but he's good enough to play to him. Playing in the bowl game is not going to affect him for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. this, this one game's not going to determine whether he breathes on, uh, the 27th, uh, if he plays or not. Um, but he was just talking about, you know, that for him personally, as a coach, it would be, he, he doesn't wish anyone to get hurt or anything like that. He just was, was talking openly about how he would love for a senior like Joe, just as much as he's done for the program and, and fought through everything for him to have a chance to go out there and play just one last time. And, uh, and and how cool that would be for him to to have that opportunity. But again, he said, "I'm we're not forcing anything on Joe. It, it's it's purely his decision on on whether or not he wants to play. But if he wants to, we'll certainly let him."
0: That sounds good. I hope he gets a chance to to go out on top. I hope he gets a chance to go out and play that one last game. That would be that would be great for him. That that would, that oh, would yeah. be great for him.
1: Joe's awesome, man. I, Joe Joe is uh, he is a good good dude, man. He's yeah. one of my He's one of my all-time favorites. Hey, one guy you didn't ask about that I posted about, but maybe you were taking a nap. Uh, in the in the day of transfer news, the the one tidbit I did bring up was Darius Anderson. Oh, and I, that was what I was going to talk with.
0: about next. I mean, I was okay. napping, but
1: okay. Well, go, go ahead.
0: No, no. And, so and so we've got some news on Darius Anderson because when I heard a rumor that somebody significant might be transferring, I'm not going to lie. That was the first thought I had. So tell us yeah. a little bit about what's going on with Darius Anderson.
1: Well, I just asked specifically about Darius if if anyone had heard if he's going pro or not or uh, anything like that. And 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 everyone knows that watches that watched the whole thing with his mom on Twitter this year. Which if you didn't,
0: I did, <laughs> I did.
1: Yeah, it it was. Uh, don't it was get pretty a, entertaining don't get on the wrong
0: time. side of somebody's mama. I'm just gonna say that
1: well yeah that you don't you don't want to do that but I I asked I asked the question uh whether or not Darius would be back and I was told he will be back and that the mom is the mom is uh much better so they're they're obviously working on that deal and that's big man If if it comes to fruition and he's back then that's a that's a good start and when you look at this when you look at the roster next year, they're going to have a ton of experience coming back on offense, and and obviously with him being back there, that's that's a big boost. And if you can find a, a guy whether it's Mike Collins or Justin Rogers starting at quarterback, or even a grad transfer if that's if that's the missing piece, then there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good parts to work with. There's a lot of good things to sell, and I I, I know the off- people are going Jeremy. Good God, are you you kidding me? The offensive line sucked this year. I agree with you on that, but let's just go back to 2016 and look at the offensive line and how they performed. And it was basically the same group that came back and played in 2017. And how good were we talking about the offensive line? So just give it a little time. If they go out there next year and they're still getting blown up the first two games of the season, then yeah, I mean – going to have to make some changes. But I will say offensive line did pretty daggum good against the, the, the Big 12's top defensive line uh, when it comes to sacks against Oklahoma State. So uh, I was I was feeling pretty optimistic after I saw that game.
0: Yeah, that was a good win. I think we've kind of uh, underestimated that, or, or maybe looked at it as, uh, uh, you know, Jalen Rager broke free a couple of times. That was a great defensive, uh, I mean, I felt good about what the defense did, and I felt really good about what the offensive line did, so it's just specific to what you were saying, so yeah, the I feel good about the the oppor- I feel good about the potential of what the offensive line could do next year. Because as you said, that group that, that made us throw our phones and smash our remotes in 2016 was the same group that was plowing people in 2017. And what you need is that cohesive offensive line unit that knows how to think and knows what the other person's going to do without saying it and be able to make audibles at the line. And I, I think it's I think it's a, an opportunity for them to – all they have to do is be pretty good. They don't have to be excellent because, man, when you when you got – all of those weapons coming back that that there is a lot on the offensive side of the ball that could do some damage next year. I'll be interested to see what happens. Cause if the offensive line comes together, whew, that has got some potential that has got some potential. Oh, oh well, let's, uh, anything else from, from the horn saw horn frog side of the ball that we can look at here. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about Heisman and then go off topic a little bit. So, uh, anything else from, from Sean, Daniel, Jeremy, anything you guys got? Sean, recruiting, Darius, bowl game. I did have some friends at church tease me about the Cheez-It Bowl, so it's it's a well-earned uh, laugh, but had that happen. Hey,
1: we'll do a, uh, a complete 180 here. And can, can I mention how great the basketball team looked on Friday?
0: Woo! Smoked USC. Smoked USC. Yes, you can say that. They're going to be ranked again this week. Um, yeah,
1: if they're they they need to be ranked again. I looked, you know, I looked at the the loss they had. I looked up uh, Lipscomb. I looked up their record, and they just lost to was it Belmont or Belton? Some one of those schools. Yeah,
0: Belmont, that's in Nashville. Bel- yeah, Lipscomb's in okay. Nashville. Belmont's in yeah. Nashville. Yeah.
1: yeah. So they it's lost. A, it's to them. It's a battle
0: of fundamentalist colleges.
1: <laughs> they <laughs> lost to them, but man, they're six and two. They're six and two. Yeah, they're they're a good basketball team. I'm I'm telling you, and and Dixon was even talking about how how good they were the the whole week prior to that game, and he was right. He was right. But man, I tell you what, against USC, it's it's great to have Jalen Fisher back. Uh, the guys are hitting shots. Noise hitting shots. They they just Looked phenomenal against the Trojans, and I want to say they said that's the worst loss in their coach's history. Is that is that what I've what I've read?
0: I think so. I, yes.
1: But man, it, we'd we'd be remiss if we didn't mention how how great that basketball that basketball win was the other night. It's just incredible, incredible.
0: I cannot wait for Big Twelve play. I think I think this team is going to do some serious damage in the Big Twelve. Man, I cannot wait to watch them.
1: It's it's just like football though, man. There's a lot of parody in this league again. It, it's just Texas Tech's going to be tough. Kansas is going to be tough. Kansas State's winning a lot of ball games. West Virginia. I think. TCU can beat Texas. I think they're ready to get rid of Shaka smart down there.
0: Oh, I think they are too. <laughs> Although they, they did they did eat out a win against Purdue today. You know, the, the only the only thing that's promising is, you know, if the Frogs can just come in second to Kansas this year when the FBI vacates their title in twenty twenty one, then we might be able to hang a banner for twenty eighteen-19. So we do have that going <laughs> for us. Uh, Daniel, I got a question for you. How surprised were you? That Ian McCall hired Hugh Freeze.
2: Um, as <laughs> very few people know, I'm very busy this time of year. Um, I didn't know that even happened.
0: Oh, you didn't? Oh no. man, Hugh Freeze is now the head football coach at Liberty University. Yes. He ha- yeah. So um, Ian McCall, of course, bring you know he couldn't hire Bryl, so he hires uh, Hugh Freeze.
2: Yeah, well, I had a buddy texting me about um, maybe hiring Kendall Bryles or something. And I wasn't really sure what he was talking about, and I, I was busy, and I was like, okay, that'd be funny, that'd be crazy if he hired Kendall Bryles. All right, but blah, blah. but I just it never clicked. So, but hearing Hugh Freeze, that um, that is a good fit, and and not in a good way, but that is a good fit. <laughs> For those two, because they are complete trash that hide behind um, this faith thing, and you know how Hugh used to be all tweeting Bible verses and stuff, and and then you know it's just a it's a it's a fraud. So he's probably he's probably got a uh, an expense card for burner phones now <laughs> from Liberty. <laughs>
0: Is that uh, for recruits or for other things?
2: Well, they didn't say.
0: Okay.
2: Um, wouldn't be prudent.
0: At this but, juncture. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the <laughs> Bush 41 reference. I appreciate that.
2: Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of on the mind this week. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it uh, – Now I didn't know, but, man, that is, that is perfect. What a bunch of losers, man.
0: You know, I got to tell you, I – I'm, I'm going to say this, and I, I I'm, all, I'm always hesitant to talk about this, but it's one thing to be uh, clear and joyful about your faith in a public setting, and I will encourage that as a as a person of faith. Yes, it's another thing to weaponize religion on the recruiting trail. That just, I, I could not stand that. I'm not going to lie. That just made my skin crawl, and. You know, he and Ian McCall and Liberty—they all deserve each other. So I want to—I want to say that that those those are two different things. Those are, those are just absolutely two different things. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll just leave it at that. I will just leave it at that. So yeah, I'll I'll see what happens with with. We'll see how long he stays there. I know that the SEC commissioner. Uh, supposedly stepped in because Tennessee wanted to hire Freeze as the OC, and he said, uh, "Thanks, but no thanks. That we don't want that happening." So, kind of the same thing they did when Bobby Petrino was back on the market. They said, "No, we don't want him back in the league." So, SEC actually has some standards there. So, I'm I'm not surprised that the Liberty hired him, but I'm still shocked that Hugh Freeze is back in coaching so quickly. So. I wanted to say that without sounding all judgy and over the top, but at the same time, that's that's what <laughs> I think. It,
2: it, as far as uh, his career goes, you gotta you gotta give it to him for being able to be hired really close to where you got fired, as opposed to having to go to Florence, Italy,
0: <laughs> like this somebody else. You know in the thing, end, though, it, it all comes back to Baylor.
1: <laughs> Kendall Bros is going to get hired somewhere, and he's going to bring in Daddy.
0: Oh, you that's mark a given. My words. That's a. I I I can't. I couldn't believe he didn't take the the Texas State job. I don't know. Was it offered to him? I know he was in the running, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think the. I think he's got to wait like two more years because cause Houston. Houston gave him a big raise. He's got a big contract now at Houston as the OC. And I know that Tennessee was really looking at him. Tennessee has looked at him. They lo- they're they also looking at uh, Urich, the, the OC at, at Oklahoma State. But I, I, know, I know it's it sounds like it's no big deal, but there's a big difference between being a head coach and being an OC. So if, if Kendall Bryles gets a job, you're probably right. He's going to bring daddy back.
1: How about the Kansas State job where Seth Luttrell was apparently in negotiations and then they didn't want him bringing his entire staff with them? Who you think? Who you think said no to that?
0: Oh, it was not the AD. It was not uh, Gene Taylor, the AD. I guarantee you that was Bill Snyder. Man, so it was probably Snyder's. Like, okay, my son doesn't have to be the head coach, but he does have to be the associate head coach and uh, and and live, you know, and Facetime me into all the staff meetings. As long as he can do that, you guys can hire whoever you want. Right. Yeah, that's that's man. They're 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 setting that thing up to struggle. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. I've heard they're they're looking at the guy at is is it North Dakota State, the big powerhouse, the Bison. Oh yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Neil Brown at Troy and uh, Mike Norvell at Memphis. I heard those were the the final three as of this afternoon. That, those were the three names I saw. So, man, talk about lucking out. North Texas is able to keep Luttrell or at least keep him from going to K state. That's big. Yeah. I think that's big. And he's got Mason fine for one more year. Graham Harrell staying. That's going to be a, that's going to be a, a good team next season. So, well, let's real quick. recap the Heisman, uh, Kyler Murray one, uh, Jeremy, if I remember right, you thought he was going to win. I thought he was going to win, but one other guy on the show said it was going to be, uh, to Toga Biola and, uh, or however you say his name, uh, I'm not on the Heisman committee, so I don't have to exactly. Uh, well, don't worry about
1: that, because the guy couldn't even say it. last I know
0: time. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. Like he, but if if I had to say it in fr- on ESPN, I think I'd know exactly how to say it, but I wouldn't butcher it in front of the whole world. Were you, you shocked? I, I you know I what's think funny I, is
1: when he was announcing the finalists. He gets to to his name and he paused, and I'm thinking, did you not know who the three finalists even were, you dummy? I, I mean, know. It's like, how many times you should have practiced that name if I was going to be on ESPN? I know. Well, I was you not know, surprised.
0: Funny. Every time I do a wedding and a funeral, I am just scared to death that I'm going to butcher somebody's name. I'll, I'll stand in the mm. – man, I could preach a sermon on five minutes' notice, but if I have to pronounce a name that's not second nature, I freak out like crazy. And so I, I would get that thing mastered if I was going to go on ESPN and have to pronounce somebody's name. Shouldn't be that hard. For sure. Are you surprised that Murray won?
1: No. I thought he should have won. And just like I said last week, as far as the three guys, I think all three are very talented players, very good quarterbacks. But when you look at the three, I felt that if you took one of them away from their team, how would the rest of the team react? How good would they be? And I always felt if Oklahoma didn't have Kyler, they would be a seven, a, a seven to eight to maybe nine win team. And obviously, Jalen Hurts proved to everyone last week if Tua goes down, he can still get the job done. And I still feel that maybe Tate Martell might not have done as well as Dwayne Haskins, that he still would have won some games. But can, can anyone tell me who Oklahoma's backup quarterback is?
0: Only because I'm a loser, but it's Austin Kendall.
1: Okay. So what do you know about Austin Kendall?
0: He's not Kyler Murray. That's all I know.
1: I mean, honestly, I mean, if you ask everyone, everyone knows about Jalen Hurts. Everyone knows about Tate Martell. But honestly, if Kyler Murray would have gone down, I don't think anyone could truly just believe themselves if they felt like OU would still have gone twelve and one. If Kyler Murray goes down, they they're a middle of the pack Big Twelve team. Especially, they might even be worse, especially with that defense. Oh, I mean, yeah. You're talking about a guy that's generating an offense that has to literally go out and score 45 to 50 points a game just to win, not to even blow out teams, but just to win. And so when you when you take that into account and you look at every everything possible and, and the Heisman goes to whoever the, the best player in college football is, the best player, is Kyler Murray. He he did more for his team than, than Dwayne Haskins or Tua did, in my personal opinion, and, and obviously in a lot of people's opinion. But yeah, I think they got it right.
0: They lose to Oklahoma State. You know, they probably don't Easily. get the chance to, to beat Texas again. They lose they they would lose to West Virginia. So, mm-hmm. I mean that's just that's that's a couple losses right there, right off the top. So you probably go to nine and three and you know, eight I mean Gosh, Van Kansas put forty points up on them, so who knows? Who knows who else? So they would have lost to. So.
1: Army would have been a closer game.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. I keep forgetting about that. Alabama fans will remind you. Ohio State fans will remind you that they, they had a tough game against Army. So yeah, they probably lose against Army. So I think you're right. I think Army finished Army.
1: ten and two, by the way.
0: I know. Go Army. Beat Navy. Yeah, that I was. I was going to mention that. That's that's one of the best environments of college football. Everything that is right about college football is on display in that game. So that was that was a great game to to watch some of and to be able to experience. So yeah, the Army's Army's got ten wins for is that the third straight season? Second straight season? I think Uh, second straight season. Third straight year they beat Navy, second straight year they've had ten wins.
1: But they're doing something right. I'd be taking a look at that coach if I was a major college.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Instead you get Les Miles rehired, you get Mac Brown rehired. Mac Brown is the head coach in North Carolina. That happened right after we ended, well, speaking uh, of that, church.
1: Christian Varner who was gonna visit this past weekend, but I've mentioned earlier in the week that he's that TCU decided to to not have him in, he committed to North Carolina.
0: He committed to Mac Brown. I bet Sally made him some cookies. <laughs> Oh, Mac, it's going to be good to have him back in the game. Gonna I suppose, but he's going to he's I can't wait to watch Mac Brown clapping on the sideline. That's my only image of Mac in the old back in the old Big 12 is him just clapping on the sideline when they're getting blown out by Oklahoma.
1: Speaking of the ACC, you know who needs to who where the Army coach needs to get a call from is Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. I don't think they've hired any No, no, they did. They hired Jeff Collins from Temple.
1: Oh, did they really? They okay. did.
0: Yes, well, they did. They hired Jeff Collins from Temple. That's right. That's who they
1: all right, were. Daniel, That's who let's go are. ahead and edit that part out. Let's 50. <laughs> no, keep it three, on here, man. 53 minute
2: mark. Let's edit that out. So I don't look like a fool. Not keep knowing. It real. I'm, yeah. Actually, I'm just going to put that on loop for an hour and upload that.
0: What? I'm a fool. I'm a fool. I'm a fool.
2: There was
1: something my son. He showed me this video. It had to be a year ago. And this is going to sound stupid because it's, it's a video of this lady interviewing these kids at this carnival and this kid's painted up like a zombie. And so this reporter goes out and, and, and asks this, she's building this thing. We've got so-and-so here. He's out here enjoying the things that blah, blah, blah. So-and-so, what do you think about this? And the kid goes, I like turtles. And so that's, that was his answer. He says, I like turtles. But it's got like a million something views on stinking YouTube with this kid. And then well, someone... it helps
2: that that's about ten years old. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so well, I'm just now seeing this. So they they they've got a loop where it's like a ten hour loop where this kid just keeps saying, I like turtles. I like turtles. I'm sorry, Jeff. This was totally off the beaten path. <laughs>
0: no, no. This is, this Cause my, cause this my is the content you wait for my, in 55 minutes. Yeah,
1: my son brought this into brought this to my attention a couple of days. I knew about the whole I like turtles from a year ago, but I did not know there was a, a 10 hour loop of this poor kids. Daniel, was that you in that interview? Is that how? <laughs> it was 10 years ago.
2: I'd have been uh, uh, 24 uh, ten years ago. Okay. Not eight.
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great.
1: Was he eight? He looked more about ten, maybe
2: eleven. Uh, maybe it's the way he had a little speech impediment it made him sound younger. I don't know. But it's been to- so long since I've seen it because it was ten years ago. <laughs>
1: so, golly, I did not realize that video was that. I, my son always just pulls it up on on. On the phone, and so he, I, I never pay attention to to how old it is. Jeff, you got to You got to pull it up, though. You got to okay. You got to pull it up so so you can see what we're talking about. And
0: that's the remix of "I Like Turtles."
1: Okay, so that,
2: I haven't heard let's that show, one. a new low.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, I found the one that's ten hours long. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hit it. Let's hear it.
0: All right, That's I'm it. seeing I can find it here. This is so low brow. I'm playing it, if I can get the Wi-Fi to work here. I'm playing it on my phone, and I'm going to hold it up to my headset and play it over the speakers if this thing would load up. You know, this might be God's way of telling us the show to end because it's not yes. loading. <laughs> <laughs> Have mercy. We Have failed mercy. We failed the, day the listeners. Of Judge- Yes. Oh, in so many ways. In so many ways. In some ways, actually, the listeners have failed us. Let's just go ahead and acknowledge that.
2: <laughs> all yes. right. It's,
0: I'm trying, man. It's not working, so okay. I think we're going to bring Let's this stop. show to a merciful end. <laughs> How in the heck did we end up talking about I like turtles? <laughs> You're like, now, Jeff, yesterday, but... All right, here we go. Back here at the Waterfront with my friend, the zombie, John you're looking good. Jonathan just got an awesome face paint job. What do you think? I like turtles. 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 I like okay. turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> All right. We're nine hours, 59 okay. minutes and 40 seconds in, and it's just going. I, like I, like I want to know who made that. And, yeah. uh, there, you know, somebody's probably making, that. yeah.
2: There's a lot of those 10-hour ones of, of <clears throat> different memes from back then. Oh, man. I was around. I was 24.
0: You were 24 back then. You are in your time. I remember, when, I remember when YouTube came out and you had to go to the Alito Library because that was the only place that I could find broadband to to watch a YouTube video and you'd watch it and wait like 30 seconds for it to buffer. And then you could watch like another 10 seconds and wait another thir- um, 30 seconds for it to buffer. And I was like, this is the best technology I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago.
1: Daniel, that do you have a an update for us on, uh, Oklahoma state girl search 2018?
2: Uh, no. Uh, in fact, I've, um, com- uh, communicated with some of the friends I was sitting with, um, and one guy was worried that it was his wife, and I was like, "No, no, 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 someone else." <laughs> I said, no, this is another, another chick. So no, no updates <laughs> as of yet. But I, I've heard there's been interest on the board.
0: That's yeah, what they oh, told yeah. me. Definitely, definitely interest. People, people wanting this to happen. I we think need we need to, to start it's,
1: it. It's, it's December. It's Christmas season. We need to make a Hallmark special. Daniel, exactly. Reckman, his lady. Oh man, what a storybook ending that would be!
0: That would be, that would be. You could you could find her. She's from some small town. You could just you know find her and and what well, we the need we need a
2: collaborative effort from the from the TCU twenty four seven guys over on the what is it Orange Power or whatever they are uh, Oklahoma State twenty four seven board and let's mm-hmm. communicate and see if we can track her down.
0: I mean, we can try. what if she's what if she's T Boone Pickens' granddaughter?
2: Well, Daniel uh, said she didn't
0: have, <laughs> Daniel
1: said she didn't have TCU money.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. That's true.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. God, let's yeah, kill she- this
2: damn thing. Good lord.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode. If you haven't yet, go on iTunes and subscribe to this show. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We would love that. If you want to keep up with TCU football, if you want to find out breaking news like, hey, Sean Robinson is transferring, you've got to join HornFrogBlitz.com. TCU 24-7 is the inside source for all information on recruiting, especially this time of the year, as well as what's going on inside the program. Sean is leaving. Darius is staying. That and a whole bunch of other stuff. So mercifully, we're going to bring this thing to an end. For Jeremy and for Daniel, I am Jeff. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Frogcast.